0: Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Here, engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. I'm Megan Feeks with Poultry Health Today. We're speaking now with Dr. Guillermo Zavala of Avian Health International based in Athens, Georgia. Dr. Zavala, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Today we're going to be talking about recombinant vector vaccines in poultry and how to get the best results when using them. So to start, We know that for vaccines to be effective, they need to be handled and administered properly. When you're in the field, what are some of the most common mistakes that you see on this front?
1: There's a number of mistakes that uh, people in industry um, can make. One of the very first ones that uh, people don't necessarily think about is the possibility of using more than one vector vaccine at the same time uh, for the same birds or to combine a vector vaccine along with a standard HVT vaccine, which is the same native virus that has been used to to produce a vector vaccine. And the reason why you shouldn't do that is because one will compete against the other. Uh, the end result is not going to be a detrimental effect on uh, the protection against marriage disease, but it is going to potentially affect the um, uh, protection that you can achieve with the uh, insert that is actually um, present in that recombinant vaccine. So you don't want that competition to occur. And then as far as other mistakes, um, anything that applies to Merrick's disease vaccines from uh, transportation, uh, storage, reconstitution, application, vaccination audits, uh, training and supervision of employees, uh, stimulating employees to do and maintain a good uh, standard of, of uh, operating procedures All of that is absolutely important and uh, applicable for both Merrick's disease vaccines and also for uh, HVT-based recombinant vaccines.
0: All good points. And what about dosing?
1: Dosing is particularly important. Uh, The minute you start fractionating doses with a recombinant vaccine, you are really fractionating the potential uh, protection that you can achieve for the uh, inserts. The insert could be Newcastle disease virus proteins, it could be infectious bursal disease virus proteins, it can be avian influenza, depending on what kind of recombinant product. But whatever the insert is, uh, you can easily compromise the potential protection that you normally would achieve. Um, and that applies uh, to, to, that concept applies in, in two basic ways. One is if you fractionate the dose, you're fractionating, protection against clinical signs and mortality but you're also fractionating um, protection against uh, virus shedding in the event of having a recombinant vaccinated uh, uh, flock uh, be challenged in the field with a particular disease agent if that agent succeeds in infecting that flock that flock is going to be shedding a lot more virus if the dose was fractionated. So that's important for thinking about how can I, um, what kind of actions can I implement to uh, limit the perpetuation of disease in the field.
0: So dosing is key. Now let's talk about administration. The recombinant vector vaccines can be given day of age or an ovo. When they're given day of age, how are they typically administered?
1: Yeah, throughout the world, the most commonly uh, used method is by the subcutaneous route, meaning in the underneath the skin fold, uh, in the back of the neck. Um, there's a few hatcheries, probably in central, north central Europe, that uh, prefer to use the intramuscular route, in which, uh, in which case they will. Uh, apply the vaccine directly in, in, into the thigh of the uh, vaccinated pullets or, or baby chicks. There's no particular advantage uh, between those two methods, uh, but if one of them leads to more mistakes, human mistakes, then that's the one you should avoid, basically.
0: So that's day of age administration. What about Inovo? Can you avoid some of these human errors and achieve more uniform results with Inovo vaccination?
1: Uh, In a way, it it can help to uh, make things a lot more uniform. When you vaccinate manually, uh, using uh, labor to do that, uh, you're liable. You're prone to making a lot of mistakes. Uh, You have to be on top of people all the time. You have to supervise them. Uh, People get tired uh, because it's it's physical work. And at the beginning of the day, they're gonna be doing quite a bit better job than at the end of the day when they're tired and they just wanna go home. And uh, even the people that supervise them and train them are also tired. So when you vaccinate in OVO, uh, as long as you uh, do the proper sanitation, you calibrate the machines properly, you disinfect them properly and and prep them uh, prior to um, beginning the vaccination process, Uh, things will work, for the most part, very, very well. No system is perfect, but what you're aiming for is almost perfect. It's close to 100% proper vaccination.
0: So in your experience, if a producer is doing everything correctly in terms of the handling and administration of the vaccine, biosecurity, sanitation, management, does this translate to better performance?
1: If you remove uh the uh, infectious disease factor or component uh, from the overall uh, economic formula you are in a much much better position to uh, obtain from your birds what you actually set out to do uh, from the production point of view not to mention other aspects for example that are that are a little bit more difficult to measure or document for example uh food safety issues Um, animal welfare. When it comes to food safety, for example, if you don't uh, protect your birds properly against immunosuppressive disease, they won't be able to fight uh, some of these infections, and you'll end up with more uh, foodborne pathogens in the processing plant. So yes, indirectly and directly, you can obtain a lot of benefit from the economic uh, performance point of view, but also from other points of view.
0: Dr. Zavala, thanks so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about getting the best results when using recombinant vector vaccines?
1: One important aspect that we all need to recognize is that uh, with the advent of uh, uh, recombinant vaccines, then coming into the market probably around 2006, 2007, uh, we have seen an incredible growth in the number of products that we have available now. Why is that? That's not only because vaccine companies present uh, more options to us, but they are convenient. They're easy to use. You have a lot more control in the hatchery uh, where you have a cleaner environment where you can reconstitute them and apply them without all the different variables that you have in the field. Recombinant vaccines are not going to eliminate the need for vaccinating birds in the field, but they can reduce the dependency of using more vaccines in the field. Uh, Plus, we have seen historically in the last 15 years or so, that we can uh, have more and more recombinant products uh, protecting birds against multiple different pathogens in a single injection. They are not the solution for everything, but they're certainly very, very helpful for um, our goals in the poultry industry, both if you produce uh, meat type chickens or commercial um, table eggs, whatever your product is.
0: Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com join.